This is Caps PA announcer Wes Johnson, and you're listening to Both the Pod. Hello, everybody, and welcome to a brand new edition of What the Puck. It is a Washington Capitals podcast, which means it's a podcast about your 2018 Stanley Cup champions. Thank you all for listening to us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Player.fm, Overcast, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Facebook, and YouTube. Big thanks to Facebook, by the way, who notified me today that our show back from March 3rd was taken down. Real big uh, 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 appreciate that. Uh, Apparently because I used the Ukrainian national anthem, uh, it got taken down. So thank you, Russia. For uh, like for that. a copyright infringement, or because yes. of what's going on? Yes, a copyright infringement, saying that we use their their audio, which maybe yeah, I did. Well, next time, Brandon will sing it. <laughs> I will put you all through that. Joining me as always to talk all things caps, it's my buddy Coach Dan. What's going on, man? Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays. It's well, sir. I, uh, as everyone now can tell, I still have this freaking cold or cough or whatever it is so i apologize for the gravelly voice you're still in you're still in uh, uh good spirits though i mean you still got the cough but you're you're, you're on the mend i guess it's getting better it's it's just it's just the stupid cough that like won't go away it's not that bad it's definitely getting better um got some time off from work so a little extra time to relax but definitely still an annoying cough are you getting to relax? Because like I, I've had the last two days off, and I am more tired than ever. I mean, it is the holidays, so I guess that's what's supposed to happen. But like, we're recording this at like eleven thirty in the morning, and I haven't stopped since like six. I've been on the road, just stopping at different places before the holidays. Man, I am exhausted. No, I have two kids, so rest is is you get it when you can. It doesn't happen. Uh, but thankfully, they both are pretty good about sleeping. Um, my three year old and my ten month old, almost eleven month old. So uh, I'm doing all right. There you go. Well, you know who's doing really great? The great 800. Alexander Ovechkin hit that 800 mark last week. We're still waiting for him to tie Gordie Howe or beat Gordie Howe's record. Uh, It's been a couple games. I've put a couple bucks down on Ovi to score every single game. He's costing me money now. But the great 800. That's good. Yeah, yeah, he's costing me money. I put a dollar down, I'd lose a dollar. How dare he? How dare he? I just think it's funny that every team is like, nope, not us. Yes, yeah, they don't want to be in that highlight We'll put all five dudes on him and the goalie. Like, everybody else can score, but you're not. (laughs) Yeah, everybody has. Even Eric Gustafson got a hat trick. How crazy is that? But we got to talk about Ovi before anything else. I mean... Again, with record-breaking, every single week this guy's doing something else, but this one's a big one. 800 goals. Craziness. I feel like it happened about – it was a week ago. Like, we did a show, and then he decided to have a hat trick the next game, and we missed it. But we're a little late, but we're waiting for him to hit that 801 mark, but 800 goals for the great eight Alex Ovechkin. Guy's legend. Guy's a legend. He's a superstar. It's crazy to watch him do this, man. We're saying it every single week. We're so lucky to have this guy as a capital and to see him just just perform at such a high level for so long. I mean, yeah, we've talked about, I feel like we've talked about this nonstop in terms of just how lucky we are. And I know I was talking with our buddy Ryan Drury about this on on the hellscape that is now Twitter. 
where it's just crazy that a player that is leaving this kind of mark on the league and it once his career is over, um, the fact that he will go into the Hockey Hall of Fame, the fact that he's been wearing a Capitals jersey is just crazy. I mean, you go back to the you know late 90s or early 2000s and the fire sale of, was it 2003, 2004, something like that? where it was just like this team is just a mess and like it wasn't working and you know you're trading guys like Bondra and and, and you had a, a a generational talent in Yarmir Yager and it didn't work you know for one reason or another many reasons including a poor choice in a coach um you know it looked like everything was just it was not good and this was a team that was going definitely in the wrong direction and to come out of it now with a guy that is very likely to become the all-time goal scorer is just crazy that he'll do this in a Caps jersey, that he's a big reason that we saw our team hold up Lord Stanley's Cup, and he was such a huge part of it. And to know that he was on this team is, I don't know, it's just crazy. It's crazy to me that, like, you have one of the greatest players ever in your on your team, the team that you support and the team that you follow. Um, and how lucky we've been to kind of have that because, you know, what are the odds you're going to get a generational talent again? Unless you're Edmonton where you get like six first pick in the, in the drafts in a row, you know, how often do you have this opportunity or how often do guys like this come along? You know, the first pick's always usually a very good player, but not someone that's a generational talent necessarily. So we should enjoy it while it lasts. That's right. We've got a couple more years left and I do want to point out, I said a couple weeks ago, it may have even been the start of the season, when do you think Ovechkin breaks this record? And you and I were picking dates. I said... I don't even just, remember what I said. I, I think you were something in January. It might have been against the Red Wings in January. But I said December 27th against the Rangers. So, Ovi, you got three games. Was it against Philly? It might have been January 11th against Philly is what you said. I think that's what you said. But he might break that the record. right. Yeah. Ovi, you got three games to break the record. Okay, that's that's my pick. That December three games 27th. to prove me wrong. <laughs> prove Coach Dan wrong. Do it. Yeah, maybe it was the fifth or the eighth against Columbus. Could have been one of those games. He does like scoring against Columbus. He does. That's a good point. He really does. But yeah, you got you got three games, Ovi, to beat that. Uh, get eight oh two. Get that goal for me to be correct. So save eight oh two for MSG. That's what I want you to do, buddy. So let's talk about the Caps besides Alexander Ovechkin. They've looked a lot better. People have been getting healthy, and then people have been getting uh, hurt again. Once again, TJ Oshie out, coming up hurt during a game, and uh, we know he's at least he's not going to play at least the next two games, so we won't see him before the Christmas holiday, potentially for that game against New York on the 27th. But again, TJ Oshie hurt again. I mean, he, it's... It's like he's a part-time player right now. It kind of sucks. I wouldn't mind being a part-time player for that cap hit that he's getting. He's 5.75. I mean, I, I don't know if it's exactly what he's making, but that's his cap hit. I'll take that. Yeah. To play part-time. I mean, that's just, you know, that's part of the way he plays, and that's not a, a shot at him. That's not a bad thing. I mean, the way he plays hockey, he's, he's a big – He's a, I don't know if he's a big guy. I feel like he he's probably tall, but he just doesn't seem like it for whatever reason. But he's a physical guy. He takes hits. He gives hits. Uh, and as you get older, your body is going to break down a little bit more. And as we talked about, we it takes longer and longer 
as you get older to come back from injuries. And that's just part of the human body. You know, as you get older, it takes longer to recover from things. I've been dealing with a freaking cold for almost two weeks now, you know, which was 10 years ago in my what late twenties may not have taken as long. So I think that's just the reality of having an older roster is that guys are going to take longer to, unless you're Ovechkin where you're just like a freak of nature, it's going to take longer to come back from injuries. And so that's part of it. I mean, this one, correct me if I'm wrong. He wasn't, he didn't get hit slashed elbow in the face. Like it's just like, he just took an awkward or just did something that just tweaked, you know, he, he was the one doing the hitting, wasn't he? Didn't he like hit somebody into the boards and then he came back and he couldn't sit down on the bench. There was one where Ovechkin launched the dude. Was it Ovechkin launched the dude into the bench? That's always funny to watch. I always uh, feel yeah, like when a guy a gets one. launched into another team's bench, like why didn't the other guys help him up? <laughs> like they were talking about this on um, an Arsenal podcast that I listened to, but they were saying how like a lot of players are like friends and whatever outside of, you know, guys from different teams are friends out, off the field. But like when you're on it, you're not on the same page. You know, you're not buddies at that moment. And so like, I feel like that's probably the case, but also like it's a person like help them up. You know, it's awkward. You're not with your team. So you're kind of like, especially if it's like a dude that used to play on your team, that actually almost makes it funnier, but just like help the guy out, put him back on the ice. Didn't Ovi um, hit Burakovsky when they played the Kraken? Mm-hmm. Wasn't that really weird to see? I feel like that's one where you almost make a comment right before you hit him. Like to mess with the dude where you're just like, what was this? He was Berkey. Is yeah. this thing? Yeah. I would imagine. So he's like, he's about to hit me. He's just like, Berkey, bam. And you hit him. Going back to Oshi, it's just, it, it's part of having him on the team. It's something that they have to expect now, unfortunately, is that the way he plays comes with the possibility or higher risk of injuries. Uh, you know, going back, to, going back, to talking about soccer, European football again, you know, a player that dribbles more, that goes at defenders dribbling, trying to beat them one-on-one or one-on-two or whatever the case may be. Like, they're at a higher risk for getting kicked and getting injuries because of their style of play. Oshi, I feel, is the same way to an extent that his style of play puts him at a higher risk of getting injuries. And as he's older now, these injuries take longer for him to heal. And the reality is this team, just you can't rely on him to make it through an 82-game season. I don't know how many games you can rely on. I'm sure there's a number that they've sort of thought of as a goal for him. But this team, you know, with the way the cap hit is right now, I don't know how much they can do. And it sounds like they're just kind of sitting back and waiting for more things to happen before they make a decision as to what comes next in terms of trades. And we can talk about free agency in a little bit uh, after the season, but there's a point, And I think it's coming very quickly that this team needs to look beyond, unfortunately, TJ Yoshi, because he can't stay healthy. He does still have two more years on his cap uh, contract, but I do wonder for him, how much longer is he going to put his body through this, where he's going to be in and out of the lineup? And how much more can the Capitals rely on a guy like that that is in and out of the lineup? And he's meant so much. He hasn't, I mean, feels like he's been here forever. He hasn't been here like too, too long. He's not, he's not a Backstrom or Ovechkin. They didn't draft the guy. They traded for him. But he does but, mean a, a ton to this team. Oh, he's a huge part of this roster. Like, right? Like, I don't think he, this is a guy you trade. I think his, his, his contract runs out in two years. You know, whether he retires before that or if he wants to sign another deal, but I would find it, I would have a hard time bringing him back, especially at the cap hit, once his contract is up. But there's a part of me that goes, is he going to hang him up and decide it's his body just can't take it anymore? 
because for all these guys, there's a life after hockey or a life after playing anyways, you know, whether Oshie then decides to go. I could see him, by the way, being on a broadcast because I think he'd be really entertaining. Uh, you know, but maybe he wants to go into coaching. Maybe he wants to go into a front office role or scouting or something. Um, you know, there's plenty of former caps uh, that still work in the organization doing one thing or another. And so this is a, it's a problem for this team because they rely on his contributions, both defensively, offensively, uh, points production, and you're not going to get what your money's worth because his body just can't make it through a full season or even half a season it seems at this point a quarter of a season i mean every every couple games the guy is hurt like i feel like you play him for like three four games and then you sit him for three four games let him rest because he can't do anything else uh it's it is unfortunate of what happens i mean like you said he it's just, father time always wins and uh he really can't play the same type of hockey that he has been playing but Look at the the impact he has made on this team. Like before he came back, when he was out for whatever it was, eleven games, and then he magically got better and came back. This team was was down and out. They were they were they were not good. They were losing. We were constantly talking about how much this team has to improve. And then T.J. Oshie comes back into the lineup, comes back into the locker room, is participating again, being a part of this team, and this team goes on a little mini winning streak. And that's not a coincidence. Oshi means a lot to this team. Oshi means a lot to that locker room. He inspires yeah, sure. the, the guys. So it, it is extremely unfortunate. I do think he's one of those heart and soul type of players. Obviously, Ovechkin's the captain, and he's the leader of this team. But TJ Oshi, I, I, I would say him and John Carlson are maybe number two and three. Uh, maybe John Carlson's the leader of the defense. But Oshi, if Ovechkin's hurt or Ovechkin's focused in on scoring goals or whatever Oshie's the guy that that is right behind Ovechkin to inspire the rest of this team so it, it is it is unfortunate to see but I, I don't know how this team can survive with Oshie in and out of the lineup he's a guy that you you want there because he means so much but at the same time I don't know if his body can hold up and you know he's got kids and you know you got to be able to 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 walk and and participate in life and be a part of these kids lives so I don't know if I can see him broadcasting afterwards. I mean, he's I a good like look. I feel like he'd be good at that, like on the Caps broadcast with, like, I feel like he would have good quips and comments, and it would be, it'd be kind of like the Alan May thing where, like, it would take him a little bit while to get comfortable. And then I think he'd be – and I'm not saying replacing him, but I think he'd be I think he'd be good at that. I think he'd be funny because um, he just seems like a goofy dude, like him yeah. and Wilson with, the like, the butt stick thing and, like, their warm-ups. But, he, I mean, you make a very good point. His His – um, locker room presence, I think, has been a huge thing for this team. And I think it's something that, you know, Ovechkin is the captain, but he's not like a rah-rah guy. You know, I'm sure yeah. he gets up and talks from time to time. But I, I mean, I think he, he, Ovechkin leads by example. He goes out there and he puts everything out there. And, he, you know, he's excited when he scores, he's excited when his teammates score. I mean, there was the old uh, comment from Mike Green that, like, whenever he would score, he would try and get away from Ovechkin because he's, he's going to get run over. Um, <laughs> but, like, there's a perfect picture of that from the playoffs their first year they went to the playoffs of the young gun era against the flyers oh in terms of what he means to this team it like it's not just on ice production it's it's off ice it's locker room stuff and i think if it comes time where he's no longer an active player on this team that you know you bring in players that can fill that role in the locker room whether it's a veteran presence or a guy who can keep things light at the right times and then you know take it seriously and and, and produce 
I think it's really important because I think, you know, you can go in a locker room and you can talk and make guys feel comfortable. But if you're not producing on the ice, you're only doing so much. You know, Oshie was uh, was both. He was a guy that came in and, you know, I would imagine kept things light, but was also serious. And he was a good player and he produced for this team and he put his body on the line defensively. And, you know, replacing a guy like Oshie is not easy, you know. And so it takes it takes time. It takes good work by scouts. It takes a good work by the general manager to make a trade or a signing. And, you know. When it comes time, whether it's now or years from now, whether he's retiring or moving on to another team, Oshie's going to be a hard guy to replace. You know what he does after after he's done here? He works with the World Juniors as a coach for the Team USA. That's how you win another World Juniors title. You have that guy inspiring the younger generation and teach them how to do their thing. Like we saw it when they won the cup and he invited uh, Shane Gersick to his cup day. I mean, he took the kid under his wing. They were from the same college, so he took care of him. So that's what you do. You have Oshi be a coach, but do him at like at the developmental level with uh, USA hockey. That's, that's how you start winning championships. It's a heck of an idea. I mean, we'll, we'll see what's to come. I mean, this could be a smaller thing. He could be back. When is the game? He's not playing the next two games. What is it? What are we at? The 27th will be the first day he's back if he's back then. That's like the minimum. Yeah, we won't see York. him until the 27th. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. Teams, NHL teams in general, I think are pretty notorious about not revealing the injuries of players. And so who knows exactly what it is? Shoulder injury, neck, back, whatever. Um you know, but they need a guy like Oshie to produce, and they need a guy like Oshie in the locker room and on the ice, and, you know, hopefully he's back soon. Yeah, uh, Nick Dowd has been out. He's been uh, sick. So, But it, when uh, he's not out, he's just scoring ridiculous goals in a very short time. What was it, like, 20 seconds, was, something like it was that? Like, it was like 11 seconds, wasn't it, like something, yeah. or 19 seconds? It was something super quick where it was like he was out of the lineup, he came back, scored two goals, and he was like, all right, see you guys. Yeah, like, my sa- guess same just, shift, same shift, two goals. Yeah, uh, I mean, I feel like, Let's see. We just got a tweet update. Tom Galiti, only a few players seeking for the captain's work. My guess is it was an optional skate. Um, Dowd skated, so my guess is he's back. Alexi oh, okay, skated. Good. Snively's, Snively skated. Kemper's first guy off, so it sounds like he is probably. Oh, no, I'm sorry. He was first one on the ice warming up. I apologize. So we don't know who's going to play tonight. But I have to imagine with back to back games in Ottawa and then home against Winnipeg, Kemper's playing one of these games. Yeah. Um, but I think as as uh, Tarek Elbashir was talking about on Caps this morning, I think it was today, um, I, Charlie Lingren should not have to pay for a meal or a drink for the rest of the season. Yeah. Like Darcy, almost, Darcy's not, got him. He's like, you know, you, uh, you held your own. I, I, Darcy I and everybody better. else on this roster because he it wasn't single-handedly, but he's played some amazing hockey. And this is a guy that didn't have a ton of NHL experience. You know, he's an older guy. He was a guy we, they signed in the offseason. Both of us were like, who's Charlie Lindgren? Like, I have no idea who this guy is. <laughs> oh, yeah, that but guy. Uh-huh, yeah. He's 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 played great. He's, what, eight games? He's won seven of them. Uh, team's playing great around him as well. Like, it hasn't been all Charlie Lindgren, but when he's needed to step up and play, he's played exceptionally well. And I think he definitely came in knowing his role, and I don't think he's going to go into this being like, I'm the number one guy now. Like, he knows he's holding on to the spot that Kemper is going to come back to. But I think it's great, and if anything, it gives his coaching staff an opportunity. To, I see that look. It gives his coaching staff an opportunity to go. You know what? We can maybe give Kemper some more rest throughout the season. He doesn't have to play, you know, every game. He can play a little less. He's still our number one guy, but Lingren can play a little bit more, and it gives your number one guy in Kemper, uh, assuming the team makes the playoffs, 
in a better spot because he hasn't you know been beaten up as much. If we're going to see more Charlie Lindgren and less Darcy Kemper, I'm not complaining. Uh, I know that this guy came in, like you said, that was the whole big thing. They're not competing for a number one spot. We tried that. It didn't work. It, it was a failure using VTech and Sammy the way they did. Uh, Darcy was the clear number one. Charlie Lindgren's a clear number two. However, I've, I mean, I've said it since the beginning of the season. Like, I have not been impressed with Darcy Kemper's play. He's been good, believe me. Like, I... It is it is a good problem to have two really good goaltenders and to even have more in the farm system that we're able to hold their own. But Char uh, Charlie Lindgren, man, he's he reminds me so much of Braden Holpe. He even had a Braden Holpe uh, 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 tribute question or something like that on, on one of the Caps games where I sent you. And I'm like, see, very Holpe-esque. Like he's he's got that that spunk that Holpe had. So, I mean, of course they're going to split shifts on back-to-back -back games. That's a no-brainer. But the fact that Darcy Kemper has been healthy for a little bit and they're like, you know what, we're going to stick with Charlie for right now. Uh, I, I think that's showing something here from the coaching staff because I think they're kind of going like, all right, Darcy, you know, take your time. Of course you're welcome back. It's it's your net. However, take your time. Let's make sure you're 100%. Let's make sure you're 110%, okay, because – this guy's not doing too shabby. So, I don't know. Is there going to be a goalie controversy playoff time? We'll see. But Charlie Lindgren it did the job he was supposed to do. He got He's paid to do. He did it well. Good, good story. I, I got to tell you, it is pretty funny, though. This is how I knew Darcy Kemper was ready to go. Is on my Facebook feed, I've got, like... You just see the shift of all the goaltenders, all the roster moves. It's like uh, Hunter has been sent down to South Carolina, and then Zach Fucale has been sent uh, down to Hershey. Like you can see, like one guy comes in, the other guy moves down, and then the other guy moves down, and the other guy moves down. So I'm like, oh, I get, I think Darcy, I think he's ready to go. I think he's gonna be the number one guy, or, the, or he's backing up for one of the games because all these goaltenders just got shifted down a peg. So um, yeah, it's very funny to see, but. Good problems to have. I mean, of all the bad stuff that we've been talking about, all the injuries, all the hurt players, all everything, uh, lack of scoring sometimes with this Capitals team, goaltending has not been an issue whatsoever. And, uh, yeah, both of these players, Charlie Lindgren, Darcy Kemper, I think both of them, great goaltenders, good problem to have. Hopefully the play in front of either of them is still good. But I don't know. Charlie Lindgren, he might give Darcy a run for his money down the road. He really might. Or – we trade him away and actually he becomes the number one goaltender somewhere else and we get some good uh good returns hopefully i don't know good problems to have i like them both oh it's definitely a good problem to have when you know you can rely on your backup when the when the number one guy is is out injured or just getting a night off and i think knowing that you're gonna be able to give kemper um a couple extra days off throughout the season is a good thing you know not everybody's gonna be like Braden holpe where they're gonna try and play 90% of the games. And that doesn't say that Kemper wouldn't want to do that, but the, the more natural. rest he can get, yeah, the more rest that he can get before a playoff run or a run to try and get into the playoffs, the better. And let me let me just remind everybody too, and I, I mean, I know this when I say that Charlie Lindgren's very Holpe-esque, the cup run, Holpe didn't start the playoffs. You know, he wasn't, he wasn't our number one guy going into the playoffs. He was having a, you know, a weird spot where he just needed some time off and we brought in um what was our goaltender's name or backup uh grubi uh, uh, grubauer Grubauer. yeah we brought in grubauer and he started it and 
you know, he didn't look the, the greatest at the beginning of the playoffs and hope he came in and saved the day. So, I mean, there are times when your goaltender is the uh, is the one to go to. And, and Charlie Lindgren, if he's called upon, he's ready and he can he can handle it. Yeah, and I think it's a great thing for the team. There's there's no necessarily question marks like last season. So it's good to have. And, you know, he's not the only guy coming back. we got a lot of guys. Beck Mallinson's been practicing. Alexiev, uh, Backstrom, and Wilson have been practicing in normal jerseys. I mean, they're normal still Normal jerseys, that's huge. Yeah. Now, on uh, Tarek Elbashir's mailbag on The Athletic, he was saying, you know, they're still expecting him to come. Uh, uh, Wilson probably mid to late i'm sorry early to mid january i think is what he said and then backstrom potentially even mid to late january you know it would be from a marketing standpoint from like a, a, a tv standpoint it would be cool if they came back in the same game i don't anticipate that being the case but that certainly would make for good um publication material the big question now though is i mean all good things backstrom coming back let's see how he actually does uh playing a game wilson coming back being healthy something we all want to see but what do you do with the lines at this point right now backstrom is and wilson are both skating with ovechkin so i'm assuming that's a top line that we might see potentially in in the future so backy and ovi back together but if you're looking at this though you've got a lot of players now are you going to have to put some down on Hershey? Are you going to have to just put some of them on waivers? Like there's a lot of players here that you're going, that you, you've called upon to be there while these guys heal up. And now that they're back, you, you've gotten a, a lot of talent that doesn't fit into any of these lineups. And they're going to have a cap problem as well. When you add back in, well, let me see. Do they have, according to cap friendly, Wilson's just on IR. He's not on long-term injury reserve. So his cap hit is not as big of a concern trying to bring that one back in. But bringing Backstrom, and it's a fraction of it, right? Like, it's not the full 9.2 for Backstrom because you're later in the season. So it's all kind of relative. But for my head not exploding in terms of trying to figure out the math, we'll just go with the original number. You've got to free up a ton of cap space to bring Backstrom back. And it's not just, I don't think it's just sending guys down, like, what's the lineup when you bring him back who's moving out and there's some questions to who that might be i mean they have options right so i was talking about tarik elvis here this question was proposed to him during his mailback in terms of like what's the lineup when they come back um them being wilson and backstrom and there's questions you know there's moves you can make do you move out a center like a lars eller it's not going to be nick dowd it's not you're not going to trade kuznetsov you're not going to move out dylan strome considering how well he's been doing it's it's eller or do you keep eller and move strome to the wing in which case then you have to move someone else you know on the wing out of the lineup or or off the roster but i think it's going to be more than than just moving guys to the minors like i don't think they have although that might not be true let me look at what cap friendly says in terms of their see i don't think they have a ton of cap space that they can play with right now i think they have to make a bigger move whether it's moving out an eller and his 3.5 or do you move one of your defensemen? Like, I mean, none of them make a ton that are on the roster at the moment, you know, outside of, outside of Carlson and Orlov, you know, Jensen's at 2.5. Everyone else is under a million. So yeah, I mean, they have salary cap implications with them. Like if we ignore that aspect, you know, where does Backstrom line up? You and I have been talking about, you know, does it make sense to put him on the third line? So he's not, you know, he's always been good defensively, 
does that ease up some of the physical play that he's got? You know, you're limiting his minutes a bit, and you keep, you know, is it Ovechkin, Kuznetsov, Wilson, or Ovechkin, Strom, Wilson? Um, Tarek Elbashir's roster had Johansson, Strom, Mantha as a second line, Milano, Backstrom, Oshie as a third, Shiri, Dowd, Hathaway, which those all look like very good li- uh, lines, and I do like that lineup, except I probably would switch Johansson and Milano because I think Milano can produce probably offensively a little bit more than Marcus Johansson. So putting Milano, Strom, and Mantha might be pretty good. I know you want Mantha and Wilson on the same mm-hmm. line. Which but is, is Mantha even a factor? Well, is Mantha a trade aspect to free up some cap space? Like, I don't know, obviously, what that, you know, we don't know what the lineup's going to be. I like the idea of sort of an Ovechkin. I think you keep Strom with Ovechkin because that's been working out pretty well. And do you put Wilson on that line? Do you have Ovechkin Strom? Or do you leave him with Sherry, who's having a really good offensive season? And do you leave that alone? I think Milano, uh, Kuznetsov, who seem to, you know, they've been on a line together, and Wilson as a possibility. Then you have Johansson, Backstrom, and Oshie when he's healthy. And uh, a fourth line of, I don't even know what the fourth line would be at this point because I've confused myself with moving people around. But, like, you know, you have Dowden Hathaway in there and then rotating his Malinston back and does he get his spot back because he was playing really well? Where's Alexi Protus going to line up? Um, what does this mean? Some of these guys going back to the minors, do you move Protus back down and let him play every night? Because it's not necessarily doing him any good sitting in the press box, knowing you can call him up when you need to. Although, is he? I don't know if he would go on waivers. I feel like he he's still yeah, he's waivers exempt according to the cap friendly. So I'm pretty sure you can send him down, not worry about uh, losing him. And that makes sense to me in terms of what the lineup could be. You know, you have some flexibility here, but then it's likely that someone like a Lars Eller is being moved out or you move Strom to the wing. I don't know. I mean, it's going to be interesting to see what they do, but it's also like, what are the odds that everyone's going to be healthy at the same time? So far, what we've seen this season is that's unlikely to be the case. I I think maybe Anthony Mantha could get moved out. Like you said, Lars Eller could be moved out. A guy like uh, Albe Kubel who we picked up from waivers. He was just supposed to be like an emergency buy. He's like, you know, the impulse buy you see at the register, the stick of gum. He's juicy fruit. So, Replenishing uh, the roster a little bit or the yeah. depth of the roster. He's not going to save you a lot of cap space, but maybe he's a guy that you put out on waivers again, say, all right, thank you for your time served. Uh, you've done your part, but maybe he's just a, he's a guy that you put on waivers just to save a couple, couple bucks. Uh, maybe you do something like that. I can see Protus going down to, to Hershey and then moving Milano down and Marcus Johansson down the line uh, potentially to do that. But I think I think your three biggest names, Mantha, Eller, Albe, Kubel, are the guys that you could either get traded or put on waivers or something like that to make room for a guy like Nicholas Backstrom. I think that's what you're going to have to do. This team could look very different in a month. And it's to get a guy who, like, we're – any, like what 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 if Backstrom takes a really bad hit and that hip gets injured again? That's a very very good chance that could happen. Dennis Pitta, he came back uh, for the Ravens and then broke his other the other side of his hip a season later. This guy has been, you know, Dennis Pitta he that hip bone he learned he said he learned so much from all the different places you could break a hip. So Backstrom could be back, but it might not be something long term. So you, if you're going to make these big changes to get him back, like letting Eller or Mantha or somebody go like that, you got to realize, well, you, you know, the return on investment might not be there because Backstrom might not be able to withstand taking a hit or two. So I'm very happy that I'm not uh, Brian McClellan because this is uh, some questions <laughs> he has to ask. But uh, 
it's going to be very interesting in the next month or so to see who gets moved out and how these other players get activated. Yeah, I mean, you make a very good point. Can you rely on Backstrom to be healthy? And does that make you want to keep Eller? Or do you look at, you know, bringing someone, you have someone from the minors, do you have a, a, a Malison? Do you, are you able to shift Marcus Johansson over in the event of a, an injury? These are problems for the team to figure out, obviously. Uh, they are good problems to an extent, but they are problems nonetheless. And so I'm intrigued to see once everybody's back, if everybody can ever come back, what decisions does this team make in terms of this roster and how does it affect the cap? Well, what else is going on here in Caps World for the end of December? Uh, let's see. Well, we have, I mean, they have a couple of roster decisions. Maybe we can push that to another, another week. Um, but they've got some interesting roster decisions to make going into the offseason in terms of guys to resign. I mean, not, you know, ignoring most of the defense needing a new contract and potentially seeing your boy Dmitry Orlov in another team's jersey next season. Uh, you know, you got to decide what to do about Nick Jensen and Ben Reemsdyke and Gustafson and Alexiev and Favari need new contracts. But then there's also guys like Dylan Strom. You know, he's on a one-year deal. Uh, I think he's done fantastic for this team. I'd love to see him stick around. And he's the right age. He's in the right age bracket in terms of what you want this team to be. You want this team to get younger. We know, you know, not just because of like hearsay. We know from Leonsis that this team is not looking to rebuild during, while Ovechkin's on the roster. They don't want to do that because they know, one, it will potentially affect his ability to chase down Gretzky by not having players that are as good. But then also they want to be competitive. But you do need to retool a bit. You do need to get a bit younger. And Dylan Strom is 25. He's the exact age you want, and he's producing. You know, he's not he's not necessarily going to hit the same number of goals, but he's getting a lot of assists. His point totals are, are really good right now. He's at, where are my cap stats? Um, 24 points in 34 games. I'll take that. You know, at three point, what is it, 3.5. So right now, I, I really like the guy. I want to see him come back. But if the question is going to be, at how much is he, how much does he want? How much is he worth? Considering what he's doing right now, some team in, if you let him get to free agency, some team's going to throw money at him. And probably a decent number of years, four or five years. If you're the Capitals, I see no reason to not try and get that done with now. Or as soon as you can to have him stick around. Like, keep a young guy, relatively young guy, that's producing and playing well for you. Don't let him get to free agency. You don't let it get into an awkward situation in the offseason where he's a restricted free agent. And you have to offer him a certain amount or a one-year deal. Like, let's lock this guy up. You've seen at this point, you know, how he's doing and and. Yes, there's still the second half of the season and things could go poorly. So maybe the team is waiting to see how the rest of the season goes. And towards the end of the season, they may put a call, uh, an offer out there for around, what, four and a half, five million a year. I think right now, if he can continue doing what he's doing, that's definitely worth it. You know, five years at five, I would imagine they look to move out Mantha in the offseason. He's got one year left on his deal unless he has a heck of a second half. I, I don't see any reason to kind of have him stick around and lock up some of these young guys that you've got. You know, you're going to need to resign Favari and Alexiev. These are some young guys. Favari, we already know, is an NHL player. Alexiev was certainly looking like he was going to be and has a good spot at being a full-time Caps player next season, given the fact that right now I think Carlson's the only dude that will be playing defense next season for this team, which that's going to be exhausting. 
So I say re-sign Strom. The sooner the better. Um, I definitely before free agency. Definitely before they the end of the season, assuming that he continues to produce. And I see no reason why that wouldn't be the case. I like Dylan Strom a lot. Like you said, he hits all those check marks that you want to see uh, from from a player. He's done fantastic. He's he's been nothing but amazing for this team. So yeah, I agree with you. He's definitely a guy you want to keep around. But how do you? Where do you? Where do you fit him? Like where's? Where does he go? That's the big thing. That's second line. He and Kuznetsov flip block because I think at this point with Backstrom with his hip and his health and his age, uh, you have him as your third line center. You got down for the fourth line. He still got two more years on his deal, cap-friendly deal. Have Strom and Kuznetsov as your your rotation. And then you've got Kuznetsov, Strom, Backstrom, Dowd. That's a real nice spine of your roster right there. Knowing that you've got Connor McMichael, you you let him stay in Hershey and tear it up and beat up the AHL the rest of the season with the AHL leading Bears and have him come in next season. You know, you got Lafayette probably getting another year in Hershey with a couple call-ups. Um, throughout the season, you've got flexibility in terms of maybe moving uh, like a Beck Mallinson into the center spot. You got maybe some other guys down in the minors you can call up or shift into the center spot. And you've got some flexibility there. But those four guys, Kuznetsov, Strom, or Strom, Kuznetsov, depending on how they want to have the, the roster be. And then uh, uh, Backstrom and Dowd, I mean, that looks good to me. I like the team you're building there, Coach. I really hope they take your uh, advice on that. Yeah, buddy. I mean, they've they got better. here's the thing. So one thing I saw recently, depending on how all the the finances work out, but the NHL the the salary cap ceiling, which right now is I think what is it, eighty three point five million. Um, I'm sorry, eighty two point five. They're saying it could go up by you know four million next season. That obviously remains to be seen. But this team's got a ton of cap space. I think right now they're projected to have twenty two million in cap space now that can go away very quickly when you have to resign a bunch of guys but if it goes up a little bit more let's say it goes up to 20 they'll have 25 million in cap space that's a decent amount of cash well, when to you play with sign your entire defensive team your defensive yeah. pairings all of them yeah, that's true but you're probably not giving a ton to favari maybe two two and a half three million alexiev is getting maybe around a mil if not a little under that that's three guys right there my guess is orlov probably gets more an offer higher than the caps want to give him. And so they let him go. You, know, you can re, uh, uh, re-sign Van Riemsdyk, maybe even Gustafson to, to cap friendly deals around a million or so 1.5. You know, like you've got some flexibility there, but then if you say you make some moves, do you move out Anthony Mantha and his 5.7 uh, that, you know, gives you upwards of 30 million to play with. Does TJ Yoshi stick around? What happens with him? That potentially gives you upwards of 35 million to play with. Like, they've got cap space in this offseason. Yes, they have a lot of guys that need to resign, including forwards like Garnet Hathaway. We talked about Strom, Connor Sheary. You know, do you resign Marcus Johansson? I'm guessing Albe Kubel goes. Sonny Milano, that's another guy that I'd love to see get a, a contract. Even if it's just for another year, you know, another kind of prove-yourself contract. I like what he's doing on this team. I mean, Milano right now has got 14 points in 21 games. Three. I'd like to see a couple more goals from him. He's only got three goals, 11 assists, but he's producing. And he's also only 26. He turns 27 on May 12th. These are guys that are getting into the prime of their career, and you need these younger guys. This team wants to get younger, but these are guys, Strom, Milano, that have NHL experience. 
Like, you don't have to necessarily go and find guys from the minors. These are guys that have NHL experience that are proving themselves. Lock them up. You know, makes sense. Wait till a little later in the season. See if they can continue to produce because who knows? They both could have, you know, knock on wood, terrible second halves of the season. And you're like, okay, let's dodge that bullet. Uh, bye. We're going to find someone else in free agency or trade. But if they continue to produce, keep them around. Give them a, a three, four-year deal. Uh, if it's strong, maybe a little bit longer because I think he's been able to produce. You know, he did well in Chicago. People were surprised. Was he was in Chicago, right? Or am I getting him and Connor Brown mixed up? Was it Chicago or Ottawa? No, Brown came from Ottawa. Sorry, Strome came from Chicago. Like, he was doing well in Chicago. People were surprised that he didn't get a contract offer from them, that he ended up being um, essentially put on uh, put as a free agent, an restricted free agent, because they didn't offer him anything, because he was an RFA with them as well. So I'd love to see these guys come back. And now you're building a younger, you know, quote-unquote younger core, but it's not like a bunch of 21, 22-year-olds. He's got 25, 26, they'll be 27. Uh, 26 to 27 next season that's still young guys to to, to add with a uh a tom wilson who will be 29 next year a uh, kuznetsov who will be 31 like these are still guys in the prime of their career if you keep anthony mantha he'll be uh, just turning 29 shortly before the begin start of next season like these are still guys in their prime of their career that continue to help this team move forward produce make hopefully cup runs and help to continue Ovechkin's chase for Gretzky. All good points. I agree with you. Everything. I'm everything taking Brian saying. McClellan's job. Yeah. Yeah. You got my vote. You got my vote. You're good. the new GM. I, I'm curious to see what they're doing. Uh, you know, I think, I, I think Tarek Elbashir is right. They'll wait till later in the season to sign some of these guys or at least start talking about it or offering them. I'm sure the internal conversations are happening amongst his staff, but uh, you know, maybe they're waiting a little bit later. There's been a lot of wait and see. That's been going on with this team in terms of injuries. And, and you know, it may, I guess it makes sense to kind of wait and see in terms of the, the contract offers. But they've got a lot of flexibility going into potentially going into next season. They've already got, you know, 20 something million, depending on where the cap hit. Uh, uh, sorry, cap ceiling ends up. And then, you know, moves they might make, they might free up even more space in terms of what to do. But when you've got a backup in Charlie Lindgren for two more years at only 1.1 million. That's pretty good. You know, after the season he's having, if he keeps it up, if he was going to be a free agent, he could get a lot more potentially uh, on a free agent market. So they've got some cap friendly deals and they've got some moves to make. But, you know, you keep him up. Well, Connor Brown, I didn't even realize that they got to resign him if they want to bring him back. Problem is, you didn't really see much from him. Yeah. So that will be interesting. But he's only 28. He'll be 29 uh, in January. You know, he could come in and produce for this team. He's another guy that. Next year, you could see him on the first line or second line. Do you have a second line next year of like Milano, Strom, and Connor Brown? I mean, that could be a pretty good second line with Ovechkin, Kuznetsov, and Wilson as your first line. And those are, I mean, that's not that's not a bad top six. You know, then if Oshie's still there, you got what Johansson. If you resign him, Backstrom, Oshie is your third line, and then Shiri Dowd Hathaway. You know, where does that make space for McMichael? I don't know. You know, do you actually let Johansson go and put McMichael back from Oshie? So McMichael out there learning to produce more consistently at the NHL level, playing with vets in Nicholas Backstrom and TJ Oshie. That's pretty good. Yeah. I mean, how, I mean, how do you fail at that Mantha. moment? In my mind, Mantha is, you know, he's been moved out to free up some cap space and you're getting picks or prospects or, you know, you're replenishing your, your farm system a little bit. But, um, you know, I kind of like what that roster looks like. 
A lot of things happening. A lot of things moving. I, I mean, update, you can only update, go. Brandon. Oh, we have an update. Give it. Well, given it depends when this comes out, but just Tom Galiti from uh, where does he work for now? He's a regional writer for NHL.com. He focuses a lot on the Caps. Uh, Kemper left the ice first at the optional skate this morning, so it looks like he will be the one starting tonight in Ottawa. All right, a lot of stuff going on. Coach Dan, is that it for uh, Caps World? Uh, yeah, I think we covered everything. Did we talk about Ovi gets first star of the week? We didn't say that, but he, yes, we he did. did. But, you know, it's, it's a nice, fun award. I still I still want to know, do they get a little thing? Is it mailed to them? You know, you get a little little small trophy. Maybe it's made out of cardboard. I don't know. It would be nice. It would be nice. Gold star for the fridge for Ovechkin. I wonder why he got first yeah. star of the week. I can't figure it out. I, you yeah. know, he, I, he hasn't been doing much lately. Last two really... games hasn't scored. <laughs> All right, that's it for what's going on in Caps World. Now let's go down on the farm. All right, everybody, here we go. We're going down on the farm. We are talking Hershey Bears and South Carolina Stingrays. Coach Dan, what's going on down on the farm? Let's start in Hershey, where the Bears went 3-1 and one with wins over Lehigh Valley and Wilkes-Barre Scranton. Remember the season, was it the, the COVID year, where they only played the teams in their division? It was like three other teams. Was just Every week was like, well, they played Lehigh Valley, Wilkes-Barre, and I forget what the other one was. And I was like, oh, it's getting repetitive. I feel like every week we're talking about how they play those guys. Uh, Bears are currently first in the Atlantic Division and the entire AHL with 43 points, five up on second-place Providence, though the Baby Bruins have played three less games. Now, with Christmas coming up this weekend, the Bears don't play again until Tuesday, the 27th, in Wilkes-Barre Scranton before hosting Providence at the Giant Center on Wednesday. Let's head down to South Carolina, where the Stingrays went 2-0-1 in the past week with wins over Atlanta and Greenville. They are currently third in the South Division with 31 points, two back of first place Florida. They'll be back at it tonight, that being Thursday, in Savannah. Then they have a bit of a break over Christmas, and they don't play again until hosting Norfolk at the North Charleston Coliseum next Wednesday, the 28th. In some prospect news, 2022 second-round pick Ryan Chesley made the Team USA roster for the 2023 IIHF World Junior Championship. So congratulations to him. Another potential outstanding Caps defenseman for the future. So we'll have to see. That's what's going on down on the farm. I'm very excited. World Juniors is right around the corner, and it's fun that Team USA has a Caps prospect on the team. We will see how much playing time he actually gets, but I'm excited. The tournament's always a lot of fun. I got to go up to Hershey. I really do. I got to go up there in January or February to see a game. It's It's been a while. I know the teddy bear toss is like late January this year, but I'm pretty sure that game's already sold out because that's like their big one of the year. But anyway, go Bears, go Stingrays. Now let's go around the NHL and beyond. everybody here we go we're going around the nhl and beyond guess what there is tons and tons of hockey news to talk about i'm not going to waste any more time coach dan tell her what's going on tell us what's going on around the nhl and beyond yeah buckle up this is going to take a minute 
Let's start with some suspension news as San Jose's Tomas Hurdle was suspended for two games for a high-sticking Calgary's Elias Lindholm. And Tampa's Mikhail Sergachev was fined $5,000 for slashing Toronto's Michael Bunting. I feel like that should be a baseball name. <laughs> San Jose's Eric Carlson recorded his 700th career point during a 5-2 loss to Calgary. He's the 27th defenseman in NHL history to record 700 points. That's impressive for a defenseman to yeah. get that many points. Former Ottawa goalie Andrew Hammond announced his retirement this past Monday due to an ankle injury he got last season while playing with Montreal. He's a former Bill Masterton Trophy finalist, finishes his career with a 31-20-7 record, a 2.56 GAA, and a .916 save percentage. Now, I don't know how I missed this one. I saw this earlier today, but Tom Wilson's best friend, Ryan Reeves, he got traded to from New York to Minnesota back at the end of November for a 2025 fifth round pick. I don't know how we missed that one. Yeah. How 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 do we do that? I mean, that's I that's Tom Wilson's boy. That's his buddy, his best friend. Uh and on the 19th, Florida sent defenseman Michael Delzato to Detroit for winger Giovanni Smith. Detroit then immediately sent Delzato to Anaheim for center Danny O'Regan. Edmonton re-signed goalie Stuart Skinner to a three-year $7.8 million deal. Cap it comes to $2.6 a year. L.A. signed winger Trevor Moore to a five-year $21 million extension. Comes to a cap it of $4.2 million. And Ottawa signed defenseman Artem Zub. I like that last name, Zub. <laughs> to a four-year, it's funny sounding to me, four-year $18.4 million extension with a cap hit of four point six. I think it's the U and the B together, the Zub. The yeah. ZUB just makes it it's fun to say the USA Canada rivalry series continued this past weekend and the USA women's hockey team didn't do so well. Brandon, they suffered their first loss in the series, losing to Canada three, two in the fifth game at the dollar loan center on Thursday night. Then on Monday, the 19th, they fell again in game five, three to two in overtime at the awkwardly named crypto.com arena in LA. Now that leaves a series at team USA up three to two. Rivalry series will continue in February with the final two games in Canada. So, U.S. got to win one of those. Speaking of women's hockey, the IIHF announced the dates and venue for the 2023 Women's World Championship late last week. The tournament will take place from April 5th to the 16th in Brampton, Ontario. Canada, the U.S., the Czech Republic, Switzerland, and Japan will compete in Group A, with Group B featuring Finland, Sweden, Hungary, Germany, and France. Now, don't forget, the World Juniors Tournament starts on Boxing Day, December 26th. Team USA's first game is on the 26th against Latvia. Opening faceoff is set for 5 p.m. local time, so that's 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, at the Avenir Center in Moncton, New Brunswick. The game can be seen live on the NHL Network, which I may or may not actually have what? through Verizon. I don't know. I, we were uh, This past weekend, I had... Uh, uh, my wife's family over and my in-laws and my, and my father-in-law kept saying, you know, you got to get the NFL network so we can watch, uh, you can watch the bills game. And I was like, I don't think I have that. So we're over, we're like figuring out how to use his login through the NHL, uh, uh, NFL network app. And he's like, just, just check or something like my, uh, my sister-in-law's husband was like, I think you have it through Verizon. So I went and I, I went to whatever it is on Verizon five 89 or something or 85 or whatever it is. And I was like, oh, hey, I do have NFL Network. So maybe have NHL Network. I have no idea. 
if you've had I'll it for this long and you didn't know, I almost got you for I've Christmas. I've had NFL Network for this long and didn't know. <laughs> I almost got you for Christmas a month of Sling, but I did not realize that Sling had like increased their prices to like sixty bucks a month. So like I'm like, you know what? Um, little bit, little bit out of my price range, but uh, I was like, I'm just gonna gift him the World Juniors tournament for a month. That was my original gift idea for you, but I was like, Sling at sixty bucks. Oof, you're kind of killing me there, Sling. Yeah, that's a little expensive. Um, also, well, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I guess you can watch those games potentially while I'm watching them <laughs> on the NHL Network. And finally, you may recall last week when we talked about Mike Knubel's son, Cole, playing on the U.S. Junior Select Team. Well, the team won the 2022 World Junior A Challenge Tournament after defeating Canada East 5-2 to in the championship game on Sunday at the Cornwall Civic Complex. Cole Knubel was named the tournament MVP. And it's the first time an American has earned the honor since the 2013 tournament. So congratulations to him and former capital Mike Knubel. That's the news from the past week in the NHL and beyond. Do we have a future second-generation capital on our hands? Cole Knubel? I don't he know, gets MVP? Was it Gustafson's kid? I think it worked out too well. Yeah. But could we see Cole Knubel drafted by the Capitals? He's the MVP of this tournament. Kid is showing some uh, some talent here. Could the Capitals be looking at this kid on the radar in the next couple years? Could we see him another Knubel? Could the Knubel Knights reunite and show up and support this guy? What, what did they, they did TJ Yoshi when he showed up, didn't they? Then they switched from the Knubel Knights when he left to the TJ Yoshi. I'm pretty sure. Are they still active on Twitter? I have not um, looked. I think so. So Knubel is eligible to be drafted this year. Oh, is this? Oh, even better. So 2022. It looks like if I'm if I'm what I what I'm reading is correct. It looks like he is eligible to be drafted this year. Yeah, the, the, the TJ Yoshi guys are still active. Did not realize. Good for them. Good for them. Yeah, but Cole Knubel, could we see him in a cap sweater? Let's do it. Let him be uh, at uh, take DePauli's spot at the uh, developmental tournament. That's what I say. All right, Coach Dan, anything else we got to talk about for this show? I think that's it, buddy. All right. Well, if you would like to continue the conversation with Coach Dan or I, you can. It's real easy. All you have to do is tweet to either one of us. You can tweet to me at Brando Cash. Coach Dan, where can people tweet to you at? Uh, you can find me on Twitter while it still exists. On uh, What am I? At WTP Coach Dan. On there talking about Caps hockey. Talking about the Bills. Commanders from time to time. Had it, Actually, the Commanders put out a really nice video of their players that are going to the Pro Bowl. Um so that was actually a pretty, pretty nice thing that they did. And uh, can we get some more news about this potential sale of the franchise to get as far away from Dan Snyder as possible? That guy is a nightmare. Bills, big win over this past weekend. Uh, pretty entertaining with all the snow and the Dolphins players and coaches crying about snowballs being thrown. Welcome to a cold weather city. Uh, they're also talking about Arsenal Football Club. That's coming back pretty soon. They play on Boxing Day against West Ham, I believe. Top of the table. And, uh, yeah, on there on Twitter talking about all that sort of fun stuff at WTP Coach Dan. But, hey, if you've enjoyed the show, go ahead and check us out on Facebook, facebook.com slash whatthefuckpod. It's where we'll post when new shows are coming out, as well as all sorts of things related to the Washington Capitals, Hershey Bears, South Carolina Stingrays, the Hershey Cubs, 
Caps prospects, and all other sorts of fun stuff. That's facebook.com slash what the puck pop. Brandon, I was just talking about the Bills and the Commanders. How many players on the Ravens are going to the Pro Bowl? I just don't know how many of the Bills are going to the Pro Bowl. Did um, you say eight? I, I know. I, I didn't. Uh, I, I should probably know these things, but I don't know off the top of my head. Uh, but um, oh, Bills have four. Okay. I know six. So we have more than the Bills. Six Ravens players are going to the Ooh. Pro Bowl. Well, the Bills players won't be going because they'll be playing in the Super Bowl. Uh, you know, you never know. Maybe, Maybe. <laughs> no one can see the, the, the Ravens. The, the Ravens are not going. I can tell you that much. They're not even. They're lucky if they make the playoffs. I think so. We shall see. But uh, yeah, well, that, that's if you want to watch the Ravens on the Pro Bowl. <laughs> that's where you're going to see them in February. Can we put the Pro Bowl back in Hawaii? Yeah, it's going to be different like this year, isn't fun. it? It's like a, it's a, a flag. It's a flag football tournament or something. That's what it should be. Like, can we stop with pretending it's a real game? Because no one gives a crap about it being a game. Like, from the fans to the players. Like, they don't care. Let's have some fun. Make it, like, a skills and drills kind of thing. And, like, you know, make it uh, – it's an all-star game, essentially, is what it is. But take the game out of it and just let the players show off their skills, do some fun stuff, and have a good time. You know, they've earned it. Put it back in Hawaii, too, because – well, uh, if you'd like to learn about the Baltimore Ravens and what they're up to, you can listen to my podcast called The Call. Me and my buddy Josh, we're talking all things Baltimore Ravens. And uh, will, Baltimore, will Baltimore be re-signing Lamar Jackson? If I was them, I wouldn't, but we'll see. I don't know. Uh, but, yeah, so check out my Baltimore Ravens podcast called The Call if you're a fan of the Baltimore Ravens. Now, this show we do for free. You listen, stream, and download for free on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Player.fm, overcast google podcast spotify facebook and youtube all we ask in return is for you to please spread the word about the show write us an apple podcast review rate us over on spotify and let people know on facebook and twitter and tumblr and pinterest and instagram and reddit and snapchat and twitch and tiktok and discord and hive which i found out about elon musk's uh asking people if uh, he should step down on hive that's how i yeah. found out that he was doing that which one do you think would be the next big tw- next like, I mean, it's, I would assume he's stepping. He says he's going to step down from Twitter, so they're going to have another CEO, which is going to be someone he picks. So it's going to be a nightmare. Like, what's the next big thing? Hive or Mastodon? I think is the other one. I don't. I have not heard of Mastodon. I don't. I don't think Hive has enough of a. a, a it's not. It, it doesn't have the capabilities that Twitter has. So I. I don't know. But anyway, let's go over the games until we talk again. Once I find that tab, there it is. Tonight, Thursday, December 22nd, uh, the Capitals are in Ottawa, up in Canada, up against the Senators. That game's at 7 o'clock. You can watch that on the NHL Network or on NBC Sports Washington locally. And then on Christmas Eve Eve, December 23rd, the Capitals are at home, up against the Jets. That game's at 7 o'clock. You can watch that one on NBC Sports Washington. Then they have a nice little break, and then the Caps are in New York, up against the Rangers in the Garden, up against uh, the, the New York Rangers in Madison Square Garden in New York City, Manhattan. That game's at 7 o'clock, and you can watch that one on NBC Sports Washington+. Plus. And hopefully that game is the one where Ovi finally beats Gordie Howe's uh, number, and he becomes number two all by himself. All-time goals. We shall see. And then Coach Dan and I will be back at that point. So you'll have three games and the Christmas holiday in there. 
to uh, to enjoy with your family and talk some hockey. And we also have the World Juniors starting on the 26th. Lots of hockey going on this time of year. Love it. Love to see it. All right, everybody, that's it for the show this week. If you celebrate Hanukkah, happy Hanukkah. I hope uh, it's been a great holiday for you and everyone else that's, that enjoys Christmas. Merry Christmas. It's coming up this weekend on Sunday. Hope everyone has a very safe and happy holiday. So that is pretty much it for the show this week. Everybody, say it loud, say it proud. Let's go, Caps. This has been a production of Brando Cash Entertainment. Music by DJ Wolfman. Voiceover by Sarah Jacks. For more information, go to brandocash.com.